Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk Amongst Yourselves. My name is Tanaka Mundwa, and uh, yeah, uh, new location. New levels, new devils. Hey, um, new man with this. Uh, still the same show, though, where we talk sports and all that fun stuff. Listen, before we get into everything, though, this video is sponsored by, <laughs> threats myself, YGFR. Uh, go over to YGFR for all your satin needs. Hey, they do do-rags, bonnets, and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, and also satin pillowcases as well. I've been sleeping on these and I won't lie, life is looking better ever since. So do yourself that favor, www.ygfr.co.za. All right, uh, that's sponsorship aside. Let's talk about the show. I, I sound this way because I'm at peace. Right? Have you ever had a silk pillow on your face, Cash? Have you ever satin pillow on your face? Yes, I have. You have? Every night. Every night. So you know what I'm going through. Hell yeah. You know what I'm experiencing. All right, so today, quite excited for the show. Uh, we have all the way from America, Houston, Sean, Maswangani, uh, as the Americans have put it, uh, Sean Maswangani, uh, talking to us about uh, all the great stuff he's doing in track and field at the moment. He is the brightest young thing uh, making all the waves, and he's on the show today to tell us, you know, just about his transition into America, all the fun stuff he's been doing, and uh, looking forward to the Olympics, as I said, recently qualified uh, for the 100 and the 200. And it's going to be crazy because this is post-boat era, right? Christian Coleman for his offenses, won't be at the Olympics. He was probably the front runner or the next guy, right? So there's definitely a, a hole there. And uh, Sean is probably looking to to be the one to, to step up and, and fill that hole. Uh, so yeah, let's not waste any more time. Let's hear from the man himself. You can remember to get in the comment section and uh, talk amongst yourselves. Hey, Sean, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm well, thanks, and yourself? Oh, good, man. Good to talk to you. Uh, out there in Houston, first and foremost uh how the uh routes and american pronunciations treating you uh, it's been it's been well uh yeah. it's been a, a changing experience it was it was a little bit hard adapting especially coming in you know during covid and kind of having to figure out everything for myself because a lot of like the people in the team for example weren't on campus and you know just coming in as a freshman and having to figure out a lot of stuff like for yourself in a new country it can be quite overwhelming so for me yeah. to be able to, you know, have the people around me, thank God my coach, you know, and some of my teammates already that were like staying in my like res apartment, like they welcomed me. I remember the first day I got here, but it, it was quite a mess. I actually spoke about it on my YouTube channel where, you know, immigration was giving me issues from, yeah. you know, having the right documents and, you know, allowing me to pass, having to forward in like, like submit some documents like a couple of days later. So it was, it was a little bit uh, overwhelming coming in at first and, you know, uh, Mentally, it, it, it kind of drained me, and the fact that I also still had school to worry about, and then I had to start training. So for the for the beginning part, the first couple of weeks were a little bit tough, but uh, I I always say that I know myself, and I know that I'm able to adapt to a lot of environments quickly. So within the next couple of weeks, after like I'm moving into Houston, you know, I found myself in a good space. Uh, I had my circle of like you know people I'm gonna hang around with. You know, I already pretty much figured out my way around campus, uh, what I need to do, like around the track and with my academics and ever since then it's been uh, a smooth road i mean there have been some hiccups but so far so good what's the hardest part so far uh about being over there i'd say i miss home there's a lot of uh i would say there's a lot of like cultural indifference uh between you know south africa and you know the united states and you know the demographics are also like way different you know back at home you like i'm used to being you know part of the majority of the population in terms of race and then here it's kind of like i'm the minority and you know like you you don't really yeah. notice it 
but <laughs> like you don't notice it that much because you're in Houston and because like yeah. you're in university. But like once you leave campus, because the university, like the uh, University of Houston, is known to be quite diverse. Uh, it, it's like one of the most diverse cities in the U.S. But once you leave the U, like like once you leave Houston and you go to places like Arkansas or uh, you go further north, you know, like New York, and you know, you you kind of see like, oh wait, you know, there aren't as many you know black people as I thought, you know. But yeah. um, I'd say the cultural difference is, is like that because even when you when it comes to like buying food, you know, so like I I I like African cooked meals. You know, it's, it's not easy. I can't just wake up and go get a plate. <laughs> it's, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, to no, for sure. Get a plate, you know. Yeah. But um, there are some like spots, some Caribbean spots, which kind of pretty much have like a little bit of African uh, quality to it. That's what I said. Like, because Houston is a quite like it's quite diverse. So at least I'm blessed with that opportunity to still experience some parts of home. So yeah. I, I I would say that you know it's been it's been the benefit or like the good part that came out of it as well. Bro, you know the one thing I noticed about you, I noticed that you use full name, second name, surname, everything in there, and I mean it's a mouthful. I and I hear the Americans say it, and they they, they kind of struggle through it. It's a Sean Masangwani, you know, uh, Pat Chadzo. I mean, was that deliberate? That decision to kind of say I don't know if there was a, a feeling of like you know let me remain true to myself. Um, and not, you know, we all kind of took up nicknames at some extent, right? Like, uh, at some point, I was a TJ. I'm sure, I'm sure we've all gone through the nickname phase to accommodate other people. But it doesn't seem like you, you're making such concessions. I mean, for the most part, me and Carl spoke about that because, you know, uh, yeah. your name is part of a huge brand and it's part of marketing. So with me, I was kind of focused on, okay. Anyways, before people knew me as Paco Chenzo, they knew me as Sean, you know, because like mm. my dad's side of family called me Sean. Uh, like growing up, I was Sean, and then after that, like I don't know, when I started living with my mom, that's when I started going as Patricia. Even though Patricia is my first name and Sean is my middle yeah. name, but um, when I came to when I, I remember when I switched schools, I went from I went to I was going to a school in um, Lenasia, which is like in Soweto. So I was going to a school there, and then after like yeah, that started calling me Patricia, and then pretty much it, it 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 like became a pattern, and then after that, I got I got used to Patricia again. And when I got to high school, I was actually planning to change my name to Sean because, like, too many people were messing up my first name. Like, and I was kind of getting annoyed. I mean, it, it gets annoying when people just butcher your name all the it time. Does. So I'm yeah, like, it does. Can, I, can I just go with Sean? And then my mom, I don't know, my mom talked me out of it. She's like, no, but no, 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 um, you should, you know, still keep using Patricia. I'm like, mom, these people can't pronounce that. And I'm going to, like, a white school. So, like, it's even worse. And yeah. like, even then, I mean, people will say, like, I'll give them, I'll say half my name, just say half my name, Pato. They'll still mess that up, you know, or Chenzo, but they'll still mess that up. So I'm like, Sean is like easy to, like, they'll mess up the spelling probably because those, but probably think S-E-A-N, but yeah, I'd rather so. have them mess up spelling, but like pronunciation, they'll be right. But then, you know, she talked me out of that and then I used Pato Chenzo the whole of high school and then pretty much like in my matric year, that's when I was like, okay, no. Um, when I spoke to uh, Coach Carl, he said, um, yeah, marketing is, uh, market, your name is, uh, it, it makes you, like, makes you what you are. So even mm. like Carl himself, his name is not Carl Lewis. His name is Frederick Carlton Lewis, you know, but yeah. everywhere you go on Google, if you just search Carl Lewis, you'll see it says Carl Lewis and then it'll say Frederick Carlton Lewis, you know? So yeah. It, yeah. it's kind of like that, like it, it has to be like that brand thing. So like even now, uh, my social, like my social, I think certain socials, because people are still trying to get to know me and like remember who I am because in South Africa, people know me as Pato Chez. So like now, that's why most of my, for, for the longest time, my socials had my full name and surname so people don't get confused. But now I'm literally moving away from Pato Chez and 
focusing on Sean Maswangani because they'll have a better chance of making that name up. But now if they see two full names like that, can be quite mm. a lot of people who aren't used to pronouncing like names like that. Yeah. And I hear you. So 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 there was some decision there in terms of switching things up. I thought it was the other way around almost. I thought maybe you went there and were like, you know what, I'm gonna put the African in this situation and, and kind of keep it that way. But it makes sense ultimately. Uh, we've seen it uh, throughout the years. I mean, you, you also have to say a name that could be top of people's minds. Um, let's talk about. I mean, there's so much to talk about, Sean. Let's. I mean, you've you've been doing amazing work out uh, in America. Uh, it, it it wasn't too long ago that you were running here in South Africa. So so quickly, the decision to move to America, what informed that decision? Because I know there were options for you there. There was Europe uh, that was open for you somewhere in Europe, um, but ultimately you chose America. Just just take us through that. So basically, I kind of saw the opportunity. I saw it as a risk reward ratio type at first, like a type of an yeah. opportunity because I knew that coming to the states. It's a big, it's a big place, you know, and there's a lot of money to be made, especially in track and field. It's pretty, pretty much the mecca of track and field, you know. If you want to make it in track mm. and field, you'd want to be in the states. And also, I was thinking about college-wise because I am, you know, I'm still pretty much uh, an academic. Like I'm, I'm, I consider myself a more of a scholar than an athlete for the longest part of my life, and I believe in getting a degree, you know. I don't believe you need to get a degree to make it, but like I believe that you know it does build a good foundation and that it can play a role in your life. So, um, for, like, I'm, I'm I'm mostly interested in business, and I knew that, like, well, you know, America is the home of you know, home of entrepreneurs. Basically, this is where money is made, you know. So I knew that, okay, um, degree wise, if I were to do, if I were to go into sports, which is something I love, as well as you know, studying a degree which will interest me, um, I have the best, I have the best opportunities in the states because I know if I was attending like any regular university in South Africa. It would be a lot tougher to manage a business degree while like juggling with sports because there aren't many support systems in place in the like in those universities, which is quite tough. So I've noticed like a lot of athletes um, study, you know, uh, sports science, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And for me, that's not the degree I, I want. You know, that's not the degree that fits in with my with my with my vision or with my goal in life. So uh, I know that like okay, in order for me to really make this work, I think. Uh, the states is the best option. I made this decision run about mid, mid matric year, mid matric year, but mid matric like run about June, July. I remember I had not even applied for a South African university by then. My mom was just saying, you "Must apply, must apply, must apply." I only started applying because she told me to apply. But other than that, I was not going to apply because I knew that you know there there was like a lot of controversy with certain universities and scholarship and scholarships and so forth. So I didn't want to be part of that drama, and I knew that. Me being, you know, coming in as like a like a top recruit, there could be like a, a lot of complications, especially in my home country. So I said, okay, you know, I'll just take myself out of the situation. I need to, you know, focus on myself. I don't want to have a lot of stress. So then that's why I decided um, to start reaching out to the states, and I'm glad I found my feet here. Yeah, and I mean, look, you, you've definitely found your feet, man, and you've you've done a lot more than that. Uh, to tell the truth, uh, and and we of course Olympic qualifying. That's that's what everybody's talking about, right? When they talk about you, Sean, it's it's the fact that you're going to the Olympics. But there is so much good work that had to come before that, and I suppose that's what I want to speak to. Your whole deciding to go with track and field. At what point, as an athlete, do you realize that you have something special? Yeah, like we we all kind of did some stuff at varsity, um, and I'm wondering what that point was for you, where you saw that yo, this is something I could take the whole way. I was. Uh, in high school, 
uh, played a bit of rugby, played a bit of soccer. Not prolific at either, but definitely at that time. Uh, I think I, my, my skill set was disproportionate in my mind to what was actually in reality. Uh, others tried and failed, and that's the truth. But then there's guys like you who, who go all the way. Is it a conversation you had? Was it you uh, by yourself who thought this is something you can take all the way? Uh, because just being really fast in high school, as you know, is, is not enough sometimes. Some people just fast in high school, and that's where it ends. So, um, essentially, I always knew I was, I was fast. Every other sport I did, I was always you know, like um, recognized with my speed. So, when I remember the first time I, I ran a track meet in voted Commons was that school I was going to in Indonesia. And I remember we'd run these, these inter-house races, basically. And then I'd, I'd win and, you know, everyone would go crazy. And I'm just like, for me, it was just normal. I was racing everyone. I was beating them. Even the guys were like older than me. So, so going. I remember when I went to Crawford. Crawford didn't have uh, athletics. So when I, I remember like when I played cricket and soccer. Pretty much, I was like a top scorer, like I was a top goal scorer uh, in, in soccer because you know I was a tapping striker. I was very efficient when it came to you know giving the through ball. I'd run, catch it, you know, place it in. So for the most part, I always knew that I had a talent. You know. Now, I wouldn't say talent, I had talents because pretty much every sport I did, I went the whole way. I either made provincials or I'd even go as far as like nationals. So I knew that, okay, whatever I really, whatever I put my, like my mind to, it'll turn into gold. So when I left, when I left uh, Crawford, I wanted to play basketball for, like I wanted to play basketball. So I knew that, okay, but best basketball schools in South Africa, I knew it was Kersney, it was St. Albans, it was St. John's and um, I think DHS, Durban High School. And I knew that, okay, so Norman's College was, you know, close to me. It was like not far and I was going to be in boarding school. I said, okay, cool. And then when I went into that, I also loved rugby because rugby was also something I used to play a lot when I went to JP preparatory school. And, you know, JP Boys is one of the best rugby schools in the country and it's produced a lot of, you know, players uh, for the Springboks. That's where I wanted to go originally for high school as well. And then when I got to, you know, St. Albans, uh, I was playing pretty much three, four sports in a year. And, you know, I was just excelling in everything. And then obviously they, uh, I was blessed to get an, uh, a scholarship offer uh, from my headmaster. And then I think I was, when I was 15, that's when my, my coach, because my coach tried to reach out, that lady's coach for my, my school, you know, he ended up becoming like a father figure towards me. And like when you, we started off, he, he was like, no, you must come to track. Um, I believe in your talents and whatnot, whatnot. Because I mean, he saw me dunk. Like literally at 13, 14, I was like dunking with these, you know. So I, he was like, oh, the, okay, this kid is really athletic and he's really fast. And I've seen what he does in the rugby field. I've seen what he does on the basketball court. I've seen what he does in soccer. So, you know, he's the real deal. So he kept telling me that. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, coach, you know, you're not the first person to tell me they can make me a superstar. Like every other coach tells me the same thing. You know, I'm just, you know, it's not, it's not music to my ears because I hear it all the time. So I yeah. also, it took, it took me a while for me to like, okay, let me take him seriously. So then Inter House came, you know, Inter House came, I won everything. And well, I lost this one race. I lost the 200 because I fell. And then uh, I remember, I remember that day like it was yesterday because like everyone was so hyped to see me run and like pretty much everyone is gathered around like the whole like track and you know, they're waiting to see me run because they've been hearing like all like all this about me and stuff like that. So the 200 came and you know, like it was one of those cross fields, you know, drawn on, you know, with lines and stuff. So, it's not really true to scale. And, you know, obviously the turns, et cetera, et cetera, they'll be a little bit too sharp. So, yeah, I mean, 
it's what we had it's what we had so it's what i i, I it's what i knew so I, I ran you know but then obviously those type of things are fake and then, i mean I, i fell in that race uh but then i came back in the hundred i came back in in other events and you know i won and pretty much everyone applauded me for for that and then uh i lost this one race at inter high against an afis boy who actually won nationals that year and he was like a year older than me but like he 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 Yeah, in that race, he demolished me. So then that kind of did something to my, you know, I would say my big head because I had a big head back then. And I was like, no, it's, I, can't, yeah. I can't go out like that. Because I mean, that was on video and <laughs> it was posted everywhere, you know what I'm saying? So I knew I'm like, okay, I need to I need to get better. There's only one way to get better. It's to start training. So then I I started going into athletics and my coach would tell me, my coach sat me down one day. He's like, um, one day I'm going to make you a superstar. I was looking at him, I'm like, coach, You know, I've heard that too many times. Then he's like, listen, you're going to win nationals. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you're going to win SA champs. I'm like, hey, okay, shout out, coach. Hey, let's not get excited. Let's just start first. And let's see how it goes. Because I didn't understand. By then, I didn't understand what, like, what, like, what marks I must hit or whatever, like, to win. And then I remember, like, literally, this was, like, October, November-ish of 2014, 2015. And nationals was in March, was in April, was March, April. Like the following year, so it was like literally less than five months, like five months away. So I obviously I started getting to training. I sacrificed like my December, and since then, since 2015, I've not had a December. Literally all those December, like every December since 2015, I've been training throughout pretty much 20 out of 20 25 days out of the 31 days of the year, like you know of, of that month. So I remember we 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 got into it, and then the, I started doing athletics. Like the first term, I I would do a, I'll play a few basketball games and a tournament here and there, but like not like I was not like a, a regular now in basketball. I was pretty much practicing basketball like once a week, maybe twice, but I was still in the team. And then, you know, uh, that year I won nationals. I won the I won I won the long jump. I won the long jump, uh, which he told me I would do, and then I came third in the hundred, and then my relay won. You know, since then my athletics career took off. Wow, dog, that's that that's brilliant, and I, and I think it it says something about that old adage about some men being born great and some men having like greatness thrust upon them. It's it's your story is I suppose the 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 latter of the two. You know, it was it was a combination of two things, uh, and I think that's it's great that there are people who believed in you and and now you're here. What is your your when you sit back and think about greatness because you're on the cusp of it, right? Like you're on the cusp of of being the next global superstar, right? You're right there um, because you've qualified for the Olympics and everything that you've done in the build-up to that. When you sit back and think about greatness, what does that mean to you? And how do you see yourself fitting in in terms of uh, forging your name as, as one of the greats to ever do it? I mean, when I think of greatness, I don't think just, you know, just sports alone. I think it's just about like who you are as a person and what you do, not only for your sport, but outside your sport. So I know that like, You know, as a person, you know, people always tell me I have a warm personality. People always want to be around me. And I feel like it's things like that that lead towards being a great, like a great person or a great athlete. So I know that, you know, for for the most part, you know, when I was in like high school, we did a lot of charity events. We did a lot of uh, community service events. So I know like it's, it's more things like that that also add to greatness. And I mean, I can be as fast as I want, you know, I can be, I can break world records, but If my personality doesn't match what I'm doing, you know, on the track, and it's not even like you're forcing a personality, but it's kind of like who you really are, you know, where you really come from, like recognizing where you come from, recognizing your struggle, 
you know, acknowledging other people's struggles and where they're going, you know, and always willing, always be willing to help, like help other people. It, it it plays a role in greatness, and I, I feel like it's it's something that's been you know blessed upon me because it, it's amazing when I think about it, when I look back. I remember my mom and I were on the phone call, we were crying literally just the other month because when my grandmother passed away uh, the weekend before she like the weekend she passed away, like the Friday she called me. And she she was having like a deep conversation with me, and I was wondering like why 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 is she deep? Like normally she's all you know funny jolly, and you know so it was a deep conversation, and she's telling me how great I'll be, and you know how I'll represent my country um, one day, and how I'll be uh, you know a global superstar. And I kid you not, this happened in 2014. I remember the day; it was the 3rd of September, 2014, and that was before I even did track. You know, I didn't think I was even going to do track. I didn't I didn't have a clue what I was going to do in high school. I just said I was going to do sports and figure everything out later, you know. So it was, it was kind of like the destiny she brought upon me. She, she kind of gave me that blessing. And, you know, for me to look back and to see how everything unfolded, you know, everything, the way she said it in her prayer, the way we spoke and how everything is unraveling a couple of years later, it's, it's it, it, it i always say you know it has to be god you know because i believe in faith and i believe in a god and things like this uh, you know destiny always prevails i always say destiny always prevails so it's, a, it's it's amazing for me to just witness how everything is unfolding in front of me you know especially when i realize that my hard work i put in you know the blood sweat tears the people who have been supporting me like people who've just always been in my corner so it's it, it's always uh i would say it's a blessing and it's amazing. Every time I just wake up and I realize, I'm like, there are so many people who support me. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's one of those things, Sean. I mean, it's it's brilliant to see how you're going because I think you're in a, in a sweet spot where you have capitalized also on social media. And I think it will continue to grow in that space. And this is a conversation that to some extent you and me have, have had. Um, but, but you can really take this running thing to a place where it hasn't been before, you know? And I say that because of the engagement you're getting on the socials and, and we're at that era now where if you can get 100,000 people uh, following you, those same people can tune in and, and, and it can only go up from there. Are you thinking about that at all? I mean, as you, as you move in these spaces, are you thinking about the fact that you could be the first South African athlete? And this is not taking anything away from, from the guys who've come before you or the guys you're still running with, but you could be the first to really break, to break ground in a way that hasn't been done before, to be a genuine superstar to, to walk around and, and be known for not only being the guy who runs really fast, but being known for the character that you speak about. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's crazy when I think about it. I've thought about it a lot because, you know, I always say that's why I always make sure like I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to build my brand, especially yeah. transitioning out of high school. Um, like Co Coach Carl and I spoke, we're like, yeah, your brand is really important because people really need to know who you are, you know, and what you post online, always remember that people are always watching. So, you know, watch what they always say, watch what you engage with, you know, watch where you put your energy towards and always watch, like, you know, know who you're following, know the people you want to be surrounded around and, you know, stay true to yourself. So it's things like that, obviously, that add to your personality. And, you know, I, I think about it all the time. And I'm like, okay, you know, I have so many, like, popular friends. Like, I have very popular friends, you know, just go on the Instagram, you'll see them with 80,000 80, people following them. 250,000 yeah. people following them you know so I'm, I'm surrounded by people who are like you know actors already they're already in big tv shows and I, I, 
the fact that I'm surrounded by people like that already who are already doing like a lot with their lives and their brand, you know, I I I I, le- I also learn from them. I'm like, okay, this person conducts themselves in this way, this way, this way to reach this type of crowd. Um, you and you and you are your actors, and you do this and this. You know, I'm always learning from that, and you know, there's there's never you this this should never be a day you stop learning, and because that also helps you grow as a person. So I know that uh, obviously, you know, the more the more I keep doing well. Uh, the more people want to know me, the more people. So you know, you must be able to click in my profile, for example, on Instagram. You must be like, oh, okay, uh, track superstar. I see. Um, he goes out. You know, he doesn't really do the clubbing scene. You know, he looks like he's pretty much well reserved. Uh, maybe he does community work. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, he's very social. You know, so you must be able to grab things like that from like a quick glance. And it's it's yeah, for the most part, not many people are able to do that. But I'm glad that, like, at an early age, I realized that, like, you know, brand and image is everything uh, in this day and age because you know people want to associate with people they can relate to, especially. Dude, give me some insights when you when you take off, and I, and I do suppose in your mind there's still a lot more to do, right? But when you you get some form of stardom, some some traction, what actually changes? You know, we kind of can surmise, you know, the rags to riches story or the you know, do the girls call you from back in the high school days? Do the do the homies start talking to you different? You know, those kind of things that we we sit back and when we think about our best moments, we think, yeah, it's just one day that shorty's gonna call me back and be like, yo, you know what I mean? Is is that what it's been like for you? Have, has the previous shorty's been calling you on some bro? Listen, we made a mistake. Let's try to run it back. We weren't mature then. Has have you had them them the guys who went real with you coming up switch up? What, what's what's it been like? I mean, the switch up has always been there. You know, there's always going to be people who switch up. Like, you know, people who had fallouts with in high school, you know, people who are normal, my friends. And I was cool with that. Like, one thing with me is, I always said, I don't force friendships and I don't force, you know, relationships. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, you know. It's not to say that I give up, but it's like, you know, I'm not going to put, you know, it's like trying to put gasoline in, the, in a car that won't start. It doesn't make a difference, you know what I mean? So I, I, I knew, like, a lot of people I haven't spoken to since high school like two years ago, three years ago, you know, like hitting me up on DMs. Hey, congratulations, bro. Um, you know, I uh, see what you're doing. Yeah, one day maybe we should just go out and grab a drink sometime. And You know what I'm saying? Like, just talk. I'm like, bro, even in college, we didn't even speak like that. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, <laughs> but it's, it's like crazy because I mean, it's, I'm so many notifications. My phone literally, like the day yeah. I posted, I think it's like two days ago when I posted, like I qualified and stuff. Because like, the day of the meet, when I ran the times, I didn't post. I didn't post anything straight, like straight, like straight after that, because I knew people were sleeping in South Africa. It was like around about five o'clock ish uh, yeah. in Houston time, which is like midnight. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna post anything. And but I woke up to an article already published uh, saying I qualified. I was like, hey, that's crazy. And then after that, like I woke up and I, I posted everything. And literally within the first hour on Twitter, I already had like. 2000 likes and then on instagram i had like 1500 likes and my phone was just frozen like it literally froze so many notifications are coming in i was like okay i'm just gonna leave my phone you know <laughs> like it is a little bit overwhelming yeah. and you know people are busy calling me calling me saying hey you qualify you qualify I, I probably got like 20 30 calls alone just from instagram i'm not instagram uh facetime and whatsapp and i, I couldn't answer because i was just like this is overwhelming for me like guys please i just you know a simple text will be fine I, i'm not even like being caught to anything but it's just like it's overwhelming to be dealing with like 
10,000 yeah. calls, you know, now I'm sure. like, answer people on like Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Because at the same time, I also want to share my, like I want to share what I've done. It's not like I regret sharing what I've like I've done or what yeah. I've accomplished, but at the same time, it's like, I kind of want my space a little bit as well because, you know, I don't want to be sitting on my phone include answering every single text, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, man. And I don't, I can't say I know what it's like to be in your position. Sometimes I post like HD pictures on Instagram and that gets a bit of traction. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much the bulk of my popularity these days. Um, but listen, real quick, uh, there's something I've always wondered. In a sport where there are three medals, all right, there are three people who stand on the podium. What is, how do you define winning and losing? Like to you, you know, because we're used to number one being the winner. And everyone else has lost, right? But you could finish third and technically still be a winner, you know? That's always been a, a, a trick for me, yeah. I mean, it's it, it boils down to what you really want and what you really want to achieve, you know? Everyone has that winning mentality, but not everyone can win, obviously. You know, they always say, to be a winner, you have to be born a winner. You know, you can't force someone to be a winner. Because some people, they literally do sports their whole life, but they have no winning, you know, compassion or whatever, because they just i wouldn't say they don't care but they don't like they don't enjoy what they're doing they don't have that winning mindset towards that sport for example and for me anything below first place is yeah, for me it's a loss you know i remember indoor nationals i went to indoor nationals earlier this year you know many people I, indoor nationals is literally one of the hardest competitions to make it in in the ncaa like it's the hardest like it's crazy because out of the whole nation out of all 351 division one colleges I don't know how many athletes who do um, track and field, more especially sprints. Only 16. I think 16 are chosen. Yeah, 16. Like literally 16, um, like 16 runners are chosen for each event indoors. So think about it that way. Like out of a whole country, out of the whole of Division One, just to th- just to put it in perspective, my my team, my team has like 15 sprinters, like 15 guys sprinters. Right? That's my team alone. But the whole of like division one nationals to to qualify you need to be top 16 in the country otherwise you're not going and you can think about these like there's like 351 colleges so you already understand like the type of competition and it's literally a split like one split will separate you from being 10th to maybe 15th or 16th you know so it's it, it's quite tough but you know it's 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 a situation like that that you know it forces you to be a winner and I mean, I kind of bummed out on indoor nationals, but I knew it. I came back. I'm like, okay, outdoor season, you know, I need, I need to clear my mind. I realized I made my mistakes. I've learned, lesson learned. Now it's really time to boss up and make sure that every every race I go into, I'm, I'm going there with the intention to win. There's no race I want to go in and be half-hearted, be like, ah, whatever happens, happens. I need to make sure I win because at the end of the day, you know, the, 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 the brands, uh, you know, the endorsements, they're going to come. They mostly want the winner. You know, they want someone yeah. who wins. You know, you can be second, you still get like good endorsements and stuff like that, or third, or maybe fourth or fifth, especially in the Olympics. Just you get a good endorsement anyways if you top me in the final. But you know, the number one makes the money, the biggest money. You know, so um, it's 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 a competitive world. But you know, in everything in life, it's competitive. You just need to chase for that number one spot. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, let's wrap it up here, man. Um, I'm sure you've got all the congratulations that you need. Uh, for qualifying, but I think it's still in order, man. Congratulations, that's a, it's a big deal. Uh, I don't suppose you everything with everything that you've said, Sean. I don't suppose you're going there just to make up numbers or take up space. You know, I think you're going there to be a to be a bona fide contender uh, for Olympic gold. There's a 
Yeah, there was there's there's definitely a gap. There's a gap, bro. There's a little bit of a gap in the absence of Christian Coleman. I think the world is looking for the next uh, after Bolt's retirement. You know, particularly at that Olympic level. Uh, so there's there's gaps there. There's obviously some contenders that have risen already. I know Lyles in particular in the 200. Um, there are others to look out for in the 100 as well. What are your aspirations at the Olympics, man? Um, when they roll around, what are you hoping to achieve? And what would I suppose signify a good competition for you? I mean, for the Olympics, really, is just to go out there and give it my all. You know, whatever happens, happens. You know, I'm not going to give myself marks to run because I always say that, like, when it comes to running times, I always mentally I know what times I I am capable of running. You know, I just never speak on it, but I just I prefer doing it. So I know, yeah. like, marks wise, I'm not I'm not too worried about the times I'm going to run. But it's like Olympics, I know. Okay, I'm going to take it one race at a time. You know, focus on executing because I know if I execute, I'll make the next I'll make it to the next round execute again i'll make it to the next round and then execute again i'll make it to the final you know so it's really just about me focusing on execution and you know anything can happen in the finals literally anything can happen in the finals there have been so many upsets in the finals you know so simple thing like world championships 2017 you know when bulk lost no 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 not 2017 20 uh, 2017 yeah 2017 london that's when bulk lost 100 and he lost it to coleman and uh Gatlin. so you know anything can happen in, in 100 meter anything can happen in the 200 meter it's 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 not easy it's not easy at that level you know and i'm i'm still coming like i'm, I'm coming in and trying to adapt to that environment you know i've never ran in a stadium more than 10,000 people i don't think i've ever ran in a stadium more than 10,000 people now for me to be going into a competition where it's possibly possibly going to be 80 90,000 people it's it's going to be overwhelming you know but i'm i'm trusting myself to i'm betting on myself to be able to adapt you know not to let the nerves get to me and handle my business and see where it goes Look, man, you, I think you're going to do great, uh, honestly. And I, and I will press you. The, the, the guy who asked questions in me would press you for times and be like, tell me the times, but I also appreciate the fact that you're playing it close to your chest, yeah? And that uh, uh, you know what you're capable of and you go out there and execute that. Uh, firstly, I got to say shout out, or not firstly, lastly, rather, I got to say a shout out for, for even taking the call, you know? <laughs> really, you could have been like, ah, I'm all right. So that's really cool of you. And uh, like I said, man, I think the world is kind of watching you, South Africa in particular, and, and the world soon will be put on notice about the great things that you're doing. And uh, yeah, keep shining, man. Um, fingers crossed, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping for a medal or something coming out of you, Sean. You know, something. Just just a little something for the gang, you know what I mean? I think it's it's possible. Why not? You know, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's really dope. Now, thank you, man. And listen... Uh, you keep doing your thing out there. What's happening? Maybe you can just give me quickly like a, a schedule or timeline between now and the Olympics. What what comes next? Uh, so we have the NCAAs, which is in eight days time, uh, which is obviously the marquee event for, for, for collegiate track and field and pretty much world athletics as well. Literally out of, out of world champs and diamond leagues and the Olympics, the NCAA is literally the next big meet. You know, if millions of people tune in for that and yeah, you know, I'm 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 looking to 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 make my name be heard. You know, I'm coming in ranked the second fastest uh, second fastest time overall uh, under Terence Laird, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys who are hungry. They are hungry for that title. Everyone wants it. You know, it, it, it's it's yeah. crazy because when you look at it, it, I always say this. You know, if you look at collegiate athletic athletics, it's sometimes even harder than Olympics. I'd say it's even harder to make a final in Olympics. Sometimes you can run a ten. You can run a 10-1 and make an Olympic final. In mm. in D1, in D1 and in D1 collegiate athletics, you can run a 10-1 and not make a final. At 2019, someone ran 10-08 and didn't make a final. You know? That, that that's crazy. And that's just college. You know, it's collegiate yeah. level. 
and you know it, you see five six guys running in the nines <laughs> in the college it's 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 crazy and you'll see like four guys five guys breaking 20 easily so you know it's 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 it's, it's very competitive you know everyone everyone is hungry for that like for that title but um you know it's it's up for grabs i always say it's up for grabs and then after the ncaa i'm gonna take some time off i'm gonna come back home and um take some time off a little bit but i'm still gonna be training back at home uh probably at tux and then after that we're gonna i think the sa team is planning to either um host some camps and then after that we're gonna go to uh, tokyo bless brother uh that's that's all exciting when you get back like I said back in the day, junk park. Hey, you know what it yes, is. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. You know you. the location. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Listen, I got you. Nah, shout out Sean, man. Listen, uh, dope vibes. Thanks for thanks for chatting, my G. Appreciate it. Thanks.